Hello, and welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence. In this podcast series, we talk with C-level company executives and management teams about their views on disruption and how it's driving their decision-making and strategy. My name is Wu Jin Ho, analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, and with me today is Open Compute Project Foundation CEO, George Chaparian. George, thanks for joining the show. Thank you very much, Eugene. Really appreciate it. And thanks for your interest in OCP. Now, before we kick things off, I want to give a, a preamble about uh, OCP and why we have them on. I view OCP as one of the more disruptive organizations I've had on since it aims to bring cloud innovations to a broader audience. It's a consortium that has its root from uh, Facebook, now Meta, and the consortium was launched in 2011. Whereas hyperscale cloud providers are clear disruptors and innovators in cloud infrastructure development, I feel OCP was an accelerant in broadening the delivery and adoption of the cloud data center technologies by creating the standards and open standards that many organizations can use and they use today. So George, that was my 10,000 foot overview. I want to pass it back to you and I'd like to start things off uh, with what I like to call the elevated pitch for those who are unfamiliar with OCP. Thank you. That's a good start. So at the core of Open Compute Project, call it OCP, it's a community of hyperscale data center operators and cloud service providers and industry players that are joined by IT ecosystem, we call it. In that IT ecosystem, we have telecom providers, co-location providers, tier two data centers, enterprise IT users. These people you know, come together to work with vendors to develop and commercialize, especially open innovations that you know we as an OCP organization put together as solutions and products and deployed from cloud to edge. Now, the foundation itself, the OCP foundation is responsible for fostering and also serving the open compute community and the industry. This way, we push to develop open solutions that meet the market and see the future of the market by taking hyperscalers, you know, innovations uh, led by hyperscalers to everyone everywhere. I mean, that is our core mission. If you think about it from a strategic point of view, we keep investing and we keep, you know, looking at where the market is going from a roadmap point of view, from technology point of view, and we do a lot of investments. And lately we're looking at strategic investments into how to prepare this IT ecosystem. Examples in major changes in AI, ML, optics, sustainable data center, and also like advanced power management, cooling, you know, techniques, and doing composable solutions all under the emphasis of, you know, making sure that they're sustainable. We have about four tenants that OCB pushed throughout the years, and we added the fifth one. And these are like efficiency, impact, openness, scalability, and now sustainability. These, with these four tenants, or five now, we derive open excellence in the market. I mean, that's what OCP is all about. Got it. Now, George, I, I learned about the four or five tenants at the OCP summit back in October, and it really seemed to be a success. It was, it was standing room only at the, at the conference floor. Could you share with the audience uh, what the summit is all about? Who is it for? And you touched on some of the key takeaways, but what are some of the broader takeaways from this year's event? Oh, that's a good one. By, by the way, uh, this year we had a very good, successful summit, especially we met and exceeded uh, most of our summit objectives, which was really great, especially after the pandemic. The summit 
overall is a place where the intention is to showcase innovative work products done by the community. And this is where OCB comes to showcase adopters of OCB recognized equipment. We bring in, you know, industry leaders, thought leaders, uh, innovators, especially from hyperscalers and researchers, academia under one roof. And for a period of heightened collaboration, we bring in keynote speakers, like I said, from thought innovators that push and shape the future of the industry. And this is where the industry, the community come together to learn the latest, greatest innovations and also adopt for their supply chain. Example, for this summit, we had about 3,500 in-person, more than 3,500 in-person attendees. And uh, we had also this time made it officially a three-day summit. And we, here we included, you know, OCP Future Technology Symposium and also two co-located workshops, one around Sonic and one around CXL. We also showcased example for 12 tracks that we have under OCP projects covering innovations on sustainability, security, servers, networking, storage, data center facilities, data center cooling, and, and the like. Also, this past summit, we did a very interesting thing. We provided a special track for optics, and this was unique. The reason it was unique that we focused on system rather than components. And with it, it's now that after the summit, there's a lot of momentum behind it in terms of putting processes in place of launching new, let's say, work efforts of mod for modular switching for near packet optics and optical interconnect architectures. And also, this is going to go into OFC now and start really taking more momentum going forward. We made a couple of announcements during this summit, which was um, very well received. One was for our collaboration and our expanded relationship with Linux Foundation. We can talk about that later a little bit. Leveraging our OCP hardware and software co-located strategy, as an example. We did launch a formal worldwide experience center program that, as a vehicle worldwide, we push and seed emerging markets and push those into our OCP marketplace, the solutions. And we also established, as we were talking about, the sustainability as a top-level project and also the fifth tenant. This was all very, very well received. And like I said, we did a three-day summit. If anybody wants to go and uh, learn about all these tracks and everything that we announced and all the innovative work we have done, they're all recorded. And they can go to our OCP webpage and listen and uh, view all this recording. Yep. And, and, and I could tell the audience, I've been on that webpage for the several years now. And from this summit alone, I've been able to see what was coming ahead two years into the future from a technology adoption standpoint. And, and it's great that you had a fantastic summit. I want to go back to the past now. And I really want to talk quickly about how OCP got here. I know that it has its lineage from uh, Meta, but I think there's this broad misconception that it's largely a Facebook project. And, and to your point, uh, you had a fantastic keynote, but you had a bunch of keynote speakers, right? You had keynotes from not only Meta, but Broadcom and Microsoft. One, can you just walk us through this 10 to 11 year journey and, and how has this membership evolved during that time frame? First of all, the, the keynotes were great, actually, like you mentioned. Thank you for uh, reminding me. 
we had Intel, we had Google, Microsoft, Samsung, Meta. Yes, they were they were uh, incredible keynotes and in looking at and pushing the future envelope and talking about what they're going to do in the future. So I would say OCP has matured and has become an independent, completely independent foundation, a nonprofit organization, and there's nothing to do with Meta. Although <laughs> I would say Meta is a stronger you know, supporter and sponsor like our other board members from Google, Microsoft, Intel, and the like. But if you look at OCP, yes, Facebook Meta with Intel and Rackspace came together to create a catalyst for new class of data center equipment at that time, maybe 11, 12 years ago. Their whole goal was to facilitate and push open equipment, open hardware specifically at that time for uh, operation at a scale. But today, like I said, OCP is an independent uh, nonprofit organization. We push to uh, exist by our membership and we pay our way as far as, you know, how we evolve. Today, we have about 300 members and of course, including hyperscale data center operators, as we discussed, we have silicon providers, data center facilities, equipment vendors, co-location providers, system integrators, and representative from communication and service providers and the enterprises as well. As an example, in 2020, there was $16 billion spent in the market on equipment that was influenced and or the whole specification was contributed to the OCP. These are based on OCP-recognized supported equipment that the industry, the community has used and spent. I was go today as an example, we have more than 6,000 active participants in our OCP mailing list. As I said earlier, the summit was incremental, incremental, you know, success for us by having more than 3,500 in-person attendees. We are, do, we are going to do a regional summit, by the way. This is in April 2023, next year in Prague. We're anticipating in Europe more than 1,000 to 1,500 attendees as well in person. And likewise, we're trying to extend our reach to Asia, and possibly we're going to have another regional summit just to cover Asia. Our marketplace, where we showcase the solutions from the, all the vendors and how the components come together from OCP-recognized equipment and products to build a solution, that marketplace gets more than 8,000 hits per month. And if I continue with the social media followers from Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, etc., we have more than 40,000 followers today. And if you look at why people come to OCP and the summit and why it's not only a Facebook project anymore, it's, it's, it is where we, like I said, we, we provide the platform from our survey. People tell us why they come, what are the reasons that people engage with OCP, why our membership is growing, is to tap on latest industry trends, first and foremost. Second, to learn about latest technologies and how they can use to deploy hyperscale successful innovations into their data centers or into the industry. They participate in the community discussions, working closely with us because we provide the platform for communities to come together and to create de facto standards for open systems. Specifically, what they come for, if you summarize it bottom line, is there for supply chain or their own unique business development. They take all these components, strategies, that we provide the future, you know, outlook and build 
their own business development, for their own businesses, for success of their supply chain, their revenue generation, and taking the bottom line, taking hyperscale led innovation to everyone everywhere. I hope I was able to summarize why we are independent and not attached to Facebook. <laughs> that perception yeah. is gone. Yeah. 300 members, I don't think they want to be tethered to one one particular company. And I, I think that $16 billion in OCP vendor-recognized sales in 2020 is a really important concept, a data point. I mean, to put that into context, that's roughly one quarter of Cisco sales. And then from an equipment standpoint, that would probably put you within the top 20 of equipment vendors outside, you know, excluding uh, the PC market. So that's a fairly sizable market that you're, you're uh, addressing. Now, if, if I think about who they're selling to, how do we think about the customer breakdown? Again, you, you're talking about the diversification of the customer base. Is it still mainly cloud? And how do we think about it from an equipment basis? I know I compared you to Cisco, but it's got to be more than networking here, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, again, if I take this a little bit further, in 2021, that number, that $16 billion became $18 billion spent in dollars that are received yep. by our vendor members and community. This is where OCP recognized supported equipment solutions are being deployed. If I look at the breakdown, about, I would say, 34% probably about $6 billion are spent on non-hyperscale adoptions. These are telecom, tier two cloud providers, and enterprise data centers. While again, to make it very clear that hyperscale data center operators remain a very important constituency to OCP, but the reach of the OCP is now well beyond hyperscale operators. I mean, as we grow and mature and we have to adopt to the market and we follow the market, and this is where the spend is happening. And looking further to the breakdown, to your point about where is it, you know, not, where, not necessarily networking, the, the, the comparison that you put with Cisco, the breakdown uh, in 2021, roughly about 66%, of course, is on servers, which is really the bulk mm -hmm. of the spend, right? About nearly, I would say, 7% on networking, I think 70% on storage, and the remaining 10% or so would be including rack, power, NIC cards, and overall the solution. That's how that we see the breakdown. You know, that, that's, that's odd. That, that's essentially similar to how the industry spends. So uh, that, that actually makes a lot of sense, uh, George. Now, it seems OCP is, is set to drive up with standards. To some degree, in my mind, it somewhat limits differentiation. But when I think about the cloud providers, they're com look, they're all competitive, right? Uh, right. They look to have an edge to differentiate themselves in on the infrastructure and services side. Now, can those two objectives align, the use of open standards and to differentiate in order to uh, remain competitive? Yes, I think they're aligned. There's no conflict. I think in my humble opinion, there's no conflict mm -hmm. at all. And the short answer is yes. I mean, uh, they align. And uh, this is between what OCP pushes as standards and evolves into differentiations, you know, from cloud service providers or other our members. In fact, the, the standard setting initiatives are driven by cloud providers. And this is where I believe that we, OCP, have taken a bigger role in the standard world in terms of uh, OCP is sometimes referred to hardware-centric organization, and we are changing that. We are really emerging and growing with the, with the market needs. That's why where we provide open hardware specifications, but we're looking at how to do it on 
software. And on top of that, making sure that there's a software element that, that OCP also evolves with that is important for the hardware-aware software. And I think the standard is one that, in my humble opinion, again, it's probably misunderstood in area in this case between cloud providers and, and let's say, the standard consortium. Let me, let me preface it by saying that cloud providers in hyperscalers have also come together like other communities and started to set examples around common problems. Problems mm -hmm. that I think, you know, if you look at it, it's not in their mainstream or critical for their business. This is where they, they're pushing the envelope to say, okay, why don't we put together some standards and commonality that serves both the cloud providers and the vendors or the ODMs, OEMs that provide the technology, you know, products and so forth, that it saves time and money for everybody. And good examples, like if you look at it, that helps the entire community, it would be how they came up to put standards uh, rack solution. This is where OCP, you know, pioneered the standard rack. The power, the modular hardware, as an example, diag management, as an example, and form factors. And this is where one example that's really becoming a very important right now, pushing forward, is the standard around security modules to use common, you know, connectors and then signaling interfaces inside the server motherboard, or let's say the standards between the memory I.O., I think those are important. The NIC form factor. Then if you take it a little bit further where the industry is going from standardization and sustainability, it would be liquid cooling. And also the data center infrastructure you know, elements. And let's not forget about chiplets and uh, the whole interconnect between the dyes of chiplets that are becoming also very important in this uh, disaggregation method going forward. And finally, they're coming to realize, okay, we're going to be building all these data centers. How can we make sure that sustainability is front and center there, but also how to measure IT equipment efficiency and improve power, cost, and other elements, uh, reuse, et cetera, for sustainability. And this is where the commonality of what they are pushing as a standard is the front and center for these hyperscalers or their or cloud service providers to come together to solve common problems. If, if I recall the, the keynote, uh, there, there were two or three takeaways for me. One wa was the common standard on the disaggregator motherboard, where mm -hmm. we saw multiple vendors able to plug and play components on that mother motherboard, including key players like Intel. The, uh, the chiplet work that you guys are doing seems very, very interesting to me. And I think that could be very disruptive in the future. And also some of the water, uh, some of the cooling stuff on, on the daily data center side, because that includes the physical infrastructure as well, which is fairly interesting. And also the software, you know, the, the, the whole aspect of Diag, how to make sure that when they buy a certain equipment from another vendor, they don't come and do the forklifting of integrating that equipment into their yeah. software structure, right? Their software stack. Yeah. So, and, yep. yeah, and the security is another modular um, element here. So, so ultimately, it's a cost benefit for both sides, right? Of um, whether it's on the, on the design side, whether it's the manufacturer of the, of the motherboard, the chip, or the component, to the, the customer side, whether if it's a cloud, that's one less thing you have to worry about because it should work based on the common standard. So, no, that makes a lot of sense, George. That makes a lot of sense. Now, you, you mentioned roughly $6 billion the 2020, 2021 OCP rec vendor recognized sales came from non-cloud. 
Now, they're starting to deploy, the telcos and the corporates are starting to deploy equipment. Can you discuss how and what are some of the projects and initiatives that the customer base, how do they differ from the cloud customers? Like I said, we follow the market and the market grows. Mm-hmm. We, we really meet the market and see the future market. That is important for OCPE, for our longevity and helping the industry, helping the mm-hmm. community. I mean, that we serve the community, we serve the hyperscalers. With that in mind, when it comes to telecom and larger even corporate customers there, we follow alliances with Telecom Infra Project, which is TIP, mm-hmm. and also like organizations such as NEF, and try to make sure that we, from hardware point of view, Hard, uh, OCB recognized hardware supply their supply chain or their needs in terms of uh, taking their blueprints and showcasing them through their vendor or their initiatives. So this is how we meet the market with them in the, in the area of telecom. So and also we look at this and especially in the telecom providers, if you you know if you look at it, they're building their own cloud sometimes and and if you yeah. look deeper, it's not as much difference, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying it, but as much difference as equipment to, de- to deploy in the data center. So mm-hmm. if we move outside the data center for a moment and think about how the vendors and the members are getting traction and look at this whole notion with TIP, especially in the open RAM projects areas. In there, just give you a couple of concrete examples where OCP is involved. There is this Deutsche Telekom interoperability lab that we are heavily involved in terms of providing equipment, which are OCP recognized for open networking. A lot of POCs are happening right. there for open edge, like I, say, like I would say, open edge servers from Nokia. We have switches from Edgecore. We have uh, cell side gateways from UV space and servers from uh, WinWin. So we look at all these as OCP recognized equipment that providing that interoperability lab and helping, let's say, push the envelope of open RAN. On the TIP lab, we have a lab in Indonesia that we supply and work with. We find uh, OCP equipment, recognized equipment from Metac, from Retail, from Murata, Edgecore, IP Infusion, showcasing an implementation of TIP blueprint products with OCP recognized equipment. If we move this further on the enterprise data center side, there are OCP equipment and vendors from uh, Stordius, Vesper Tech or Circle B showcasing also be recognized equipment for their enterprise data center, you know, workloads and for you know establishment. So these are the areas that we look into. And to be honest, if OCP needs to grow and as we mature, and we have to be inclusive. And this inclusivity comes from how to uh, make sure that we address also adjacent market and technologies. However, Having said that, hyperscale operate, operators, cloud service providers at the hyperscalers remain front and center for us in terms of the innovative engine. And this is where we say our mission is to take hyperscale-led innovation as a value proposition to the masses, to the industry everywhere. The other area is, uh, like I said, we to meet and seed the market, we are growing these alliances uh, in terms of experience centers worldwide to push and seed emerging markets or both right. within the data center and also at the edge, as an example. Again, I'd like to emphasize that we were not straying away from the data center and hyperscale innovation and hyperscale innovators, but to make sure that we serve 
greater adjacent market in technology as we grow, we need to partner and make alliances with such as the Foundation, TIF, MEF, and others. I hope I'm able to address it in a very comprehensive yeah. way. That's a good segue to the next question that I have. You mentioned uh, Nix Foundation earlier. You're among one of the several open consortiums that were created the, the last uh, several years. Quite frankly, I think you've become uh, one of the more relevant open consortiums. And earlier, you mentioned that uh, you and the Linux Foundation made a very, very interesting, uh, made, made an announcement uh, at the uh, uh, OCP Summit. First, what's the nature of this relationship and how does this actually enhance the experience for both constituents, right, on, on the hardware side as well as the software side? Because most people don't view OCP as a software vendor, but you, you briefly mentioned that those two ecosystems are merging. Yes, I mean, it, it, this, is, this is one of the highlights of the summit that we made the announcement. Like I said earlier, our important mission is part of, you know, serving the hyperscale operators community, but also trying to take hyperscale innovation, which is usually messy at times because they have right, the markets right. and, and the resources, but to make it easy for everyone to consume hyperscale innovation, which usually end up in embedded in OCP recognized products, right? So uh, with that in mind, we understood that deploying solutions of hardware will need software, of course, you know, that's, that's given. But the whole integration of both into complete and validated solution is where things were stray at times and it was very difficult it took a lot of time. So that's where the recognition came from. And we were pleased to be able to bring together the strengths of Linux Foundation and OCP together in collaboration of open source software de development and on top of open source hardware from OCP. And this is where we were able to bring this, uh, making it easier for the industry or the, or the OCP community to be able to adopt. Because we, OCP, you know, recognize that we have challenges and skills as well, the skill gaps. And we don't want to forklift it. And we really recognize that, as an example, Linux, Found Linux Foundation has all the necessary skills. Why not partner instead of duplicating effort? Because our goal ultimately is to serve the community and right. to make sure that open innovation is reaching out to everybody. So with that in mind, we created this Linux Foundation collaboration and we provided an ability to develop a new supply chain for the emerging markets. That is the ultimate goal and it's happening. Mm. But by the way, by the way, we started this collaboration before even my time, the, the OCP was had the foresight to start this collaboration in 2018. But as we grew and the market grew, watching the market and the meeting and seeding the market from that perspective, when we got together, you know, beginning of the year, we realized that especially under Sonic, within the Sonic, you know, issues, there's no way uh, we can really handle all, everything that the, that the community needs. So we reach out specifically and the more deliberately to the Linux Foundation, and we formed mm -hmm. this alliance. In April 2022, if you recall, we made an announcement that centered around the switching efforts, and this was all about Linux. And then this is where we said OCP is going to take Psi, which is switch abstraction interface, and then Linux Foundation is going to take Sonic. So this is where tremendous let's say, industry push happened. Everybody was happy mm -hmm. to see this. And uh, because of that, our membership grew. Linux Foundation had a lot of, you know, let's say, tapped into their ability to push Sonic forward into enterprise market data center. 
just to summarize also that how this is growing very nicely, in my humble opinion at least, of course I'm biased, but nicely, recently OCP and Linux Foundation established new effort. These were supported by Microsoft, Google, and others to standardize implementation of silicon embedded hardware to push the root of trust security. And this was called Calyptra. Calyptra. Okay. And it, this was announced at the summit as well. So this is how we are evolving with the Linux Foundation. I can tell you that it's growing and our goal is to maintain this hardware, software, co-design strategy going forward where OCP elevates itself to a level of software in an, in an abstraction layer at interfaces. And then right. Linux Foundation come, takes it from that interface all the way up to the NOS and the application layer. What I've written in the past about the relationship is that I, I know that the emphasis has been on, on the hyperscalers, but this relationship is able to take a lot of that hyperscale innovation and really downstream it to the enterprise because we know that the enterprise who want to take on this cloud journey love Sonic and Linux is already embedded in the cloud, but also they're embedded into the enterprise cloud as well. So this can actually take what you want to do to the next level and really permeate that across the enterprise space. I, I actually like this relationship quite a bit and uh, I'm excited to see what's going to become of it over the next several years uh, and how it will evolve. I totally agree. And then a lot of supply chain and others are being coming in and creating a business out of it. Like how do you support after deployment of open source with open hardware and software? You know, companies coming up and uh, making a business yep. out of it, which is also going to take this further. Yeah, I've already seen a couple of uh, private companies try to build a, a business model out, out of this opportunity. Let's take it from the enterprise side of the ledger. Why don't we talk a little bit about the telco space, right? You alluded to it earlier. This whole concept of telecom edge, it's really going to start to gain steam. The cloud guys are starting to get involved in it, uh, as, as well as the, the traditional telecom customers that are trying to build out an edge network. What is OCP doing there to address this opportunity? And uh, what are some of the leading vendors that are involved in this telecom edge uh, in relation to OCP? Okay, so like we said, you know, OCP has to grow, has to mature, and we have mm -hmm. to look at being inclusive, including, you know, telecom side of the market and other areas as we are touching bases. And this is going to be with alliances as, as we discussed. But if you look mm -hmm. at, if you look at them, the telco side specifically, as an example, our major driver has been AT&T, and I, I should call them out because AT&T and sometimes Comcast and others, but AT&T has been significant driver in the market for disaggregation. And this comes also from ONF side as well, that we partner with OCP, ONF, and looking at all the elements of what AT&T was doing. And a lot of work has been done that includes edge routers, core routers, and mm -hmm. uh, now they're taking this underway and pushing it forward for RAN. As we discussed, they take TIP, ONF, supplying in you know, a blueprint and software as well included. And we're trying to make sure that significant portion of this equipment come from OCP. Example would be OCP recognized products from Nokia's Airframe, or mm -hmm. I believe, or it's called OpenEd Server. From UC, right. UC, UC Space, they take the cell side gateways. From Edgecore, they take switches and routers. And AT&T is pushing envelope, and they made the very important claim that at certain years down the road, don't quote me on this exactly, that they would like to have 
at least 70 or 80% of their equipment, open standard equipment. That's what we're doing. I agree with that vision. Most of the conversations that we have was today and, and in the future. But I do want to circle back to the beginning of the conversation as part of the five core tenants, you know, power consumption. For our audience, ESG, environmental, social, and governments is a key investor theme and topic. And it seems that the cloud providers are finally addressing power consumption. What is OCP doing to address uh, reducing power consumption? Because we all know that data centers are power-hungry hogs. Exactly, yep. This is a much larger issue and you know, power consumption, as you know, and you, you highlighted it. We recognize that the industry, the data centers cannot continue on the current path. I believe there's a notion out there that by 2040, the communication technology sector is expected to account for 14% of Earth's carbon you know, footprint. This is up from 1.5%, I believe, in 2007. Yep. So these are the things that OCP is aware of, recognizes, and really tries to address with the community. We have current projects we're looking at this. You know, one is the liquid uh, immersion cooling uh, mm -hmm. that is much, much more efficient than the air cooling. And now investing in standards, you know, about heat reuse. And those are the things that under our sustainability top-level project, we started to push and try to bring the, I would say, segmented and silos that everybody's trying to do this. If OCP can, we're trying this way to bring all this wood beyond one or two arrow, like we discussed, maybe liquid cooling and also reuse will be uh, the next, you know, envelope that we're going to push in 2023 to really rally the community behind it. We're also looking at developing metrics uh, with the community. And this is where, how to measure the efficiency of an IT equipment to uh, complement the metric for building efficiency that many people are familiar with today, which is PUE. Uh, we're doing all these things. But mostly, if you look at how we're going to be able to address this, and this is where a lot of work we've been put together in 2023 for our top-level project, is aspects of sustainability. This is where we are also going to champion or looking to champion the community for circular economy focusing on the reuse of IT equipment. This is either to relife the equipment or designing to easy disposing it and capturing the other basic materials with, from it and the reuse. So we are, that's why we put sustainability as a fifth tenant. And we are very strongly advocating it. And when the community brings contribution to OCP, we are evaluating them on those premises of sustainability as well. So this is, it's going to take time, um, mm -hmm. Eugene. It's not going to be like an overnight thing, but this is serious for us as a sustainability, as a top project. And those are the things that we are pushing uh, and hopefully putting all this silo woods yeah. under one or two arrow next year to establish more foundational base and also then launch the objectives going forward. Yeah. And, and, and I know from, from uh, attending the summit, uh, the fact that you put it as the fifth tenant shows how serious of an area it is or a focus area it is for, for OCP. And I look forward to seeing some of the early benchmark and some of the uh, the later mile, milestones um, in the future. So so just shifting gears, my whole thing about OCP is you guys delivering efficiencies by breaking things apart, driving disruption by uh, disaggregation. What's next that could be disaggregated? I think you mentioned chiplets. 
earlier. Right. So right. is this an area that that's going to be uh, disrupted through your disaggregation efforts? Chiplets is one of them. It's a very transformative to the industry as, as far as disruption. But let me take it one step higher now. Just talk about when OCP is looking at disaggregation, in the past, we looked at equipment or device level. And now we're looking at this as a new market level, meaning how does the use cases are coming together as far as solutions and applications. Because this is important for us. And uh, we are recognizing that we also need to address that part as disaggregation and then aggregating it back together. Example, if you look at this, we recognize that the market is no longer a case of silos of edge versus centralized data center. So we're looking at applications that are all coming together as hardware and software from edge to cloud, all working together in one unison and also you know, coordinated fashion to deliver a specific use case. And this is where initially in the beginning, I called it IT ecosystem. And this IT ecosystem pushing forward will require a lot of modularity. And this is right. where we're looking at how to maximize hardware components to reuse, commonality of software platforms. And most importantly, we are looking at this from overall management and synchronized management of all equipment under one geographically distributed, you know, let's say operational devices. So these innovations will be key and center for us to look forward going forward. Now. Pushing for the chiplets, yes, specifically uh, with respect to chiplets, uh, it's becoming apparent that the hyperscalers and OCP are recognizing that this whole modern workload, such as high-performance computing, AI, ML, and all the you know data sciences would require a specialized computational infrastructure. And this is where handling you know, very large skills in parallel computation is becoming impediment in terms of what the industry technology offers from a chip point of view specifically. And this is where we realize that if we disaggregate the big dies and the chip circuitry into smaller chips, call it chiplets mm -hmm. or components, and try to bring in standard interface between them so that you don't have this monolithic die and you don't have this you know, major investment and time one year, two years to bring another chip to market. This way, hopefully we can look at this novel approach of utilizing these components, the building blocks of the chips, so that with the interfaces coming in, we can really push integrated circuits quicker to market and also develop specific needs into addressing these computational infrastructure workloads. I think if you look at the chips, you know, maybe 60 70% of the building blocks can be used from chip to chip, from, uh, let's say, especially when you're doing derivatives of the chips, and 30% mm -hmm. will be new technology. So what if we disaggregate, you know, 70% of the components and have common interfaces to stitch them together at the die level to build yep. another, let's say, uh, a, a chip? And this will increase, of course, the yield. It's a better cost, better performance, better time to market, better efficiency, and most importantly, to tailor it to use cases, you know, when they, these guys, these, you know, let's say basket of chips you have, you build them as a Lego, put them together, mm -hmm. and they will overall hopefully approach the standardized, specialized computational infrastructure and in, in the workloads that, that requires fast time to market, requires uh, no latency, requires, you know, better performance and energy efficiency. And I will go one step further. By this, that OCP is recognizing, this is where we add value, a lot of value of 
helping the community, the industry create business. So this is creating mm-hmm. a new supply chain. This is creating yep. a new business development for folks to really internalize and use. So this transformative industry disruption is one of our key that OCP is pushing. Of course, it's going to take time, but we're going to be front and center of pushing this technology, this disaggregation of chiplets and of forward. Yeah, no, that, that's one innovation that I'm actually looking forward to as well, because it does offer a menu of, I guess, chiplets to, to your point, tailor, whether it's a, a server or a storage device for the specific customer and, and for that, whether it's a workload or for a rack. I mean, this is very, very innovative and, and uh, potentially very disruptive uh, in, in terms of how compute in the data center can be delivered. All right. Look, at, at the end of the day, as much as I love cloud, uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm, I'm an enterprise guy. And uh, one of the key themes that I've been focusing on, and you kind of, and I sprinkled it in throughout the whole conversation, you know, multi-cloud is, is, is a key theme for me, right? And, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. as well as fair, uh, many branded box hardware vendors, how does OCP address that? Again, without straying away from our core mission of hyperscale data center innovation to masses and everywhere, we are, of course, like I said, you know, we're going to grow with the market to meet and seed the market, and that's important. So thinking of software that's going to be needed for multi-cloud, especially in the networking side, in computational infrastructure and networking side, we have developed this core strategy that we discussed with Linux Foundation, and we're taking it a little bit further too, not with Linux Foundation also, which is around software hardware, you know, co-design strategy. This is where we're trying to meet this multi-cloud addressable uh, marketplace and by forming alliances. I think this is where we recognize where we need to put our core competency and where we need to go and apply, let's say, alliances, uh, partnership with other core competencies, bring them together and make the right announcements that we're going to do going forward. Especially if you look at our global summit that's coming in 2023, we have a lot of work being positioned to make alliances and to make announcements and making sure that OCB will will have a great impact in addressing this multi-cloud area of networking and also the the whole computational infrastructure into enterprises. That's what we're doing right now. Got it. So so in other words, book my tickets for uh, the next OCP summit. Please, and, <laughs> and encourage, encourage others to as well. I will. So that's on my to-do list in 2023. Now, now, George, we're coming to the end of our conversation. We typically host companies to hear their stories. When I went to the summit, there are four companies that I, that I came impressed with. Ampere on the chip side, Broadcom on the chip side, UV Space, you mentioned a couple of times, as well as Credo. You're in an interesting position since you work with 300 members. Now, I know you love all 300 members in your group, but what are two or three companies our audience should be looking out for in 2023 and why should they care? Eugene, this is a tough question because, you know, I must say very profoundly that we are open and we work with everybody. We don't take sides. We, like we said, we meet the market and mm-hmm. see the future market. And yes, I love all our 300 members and, <laughs> uh, and growing. And, and as you know, um, we serve the community. We, see, we serve our right. members. We exist because of the community and of our members. So it's hard to say, you know, everybody's contributing and you mentioned some and we have some that have really gone 
above the call of partnership and collaboration and contribution. But if we look at technology future disruptors and also who is very quickly able to adopt and deploy products. And um, that's why the community goes further by those kind of, you know, let's say companies and the members. It's not about all about the, you know, revenue perspective, but it's about technology right. and adoption and going forward. So it's hard for me to really mention any names, but I would be remiss if I don't mention the company that won our OCP Future Technology Symposium Best Paper Award which we every year you know, allocate $10,000 for them to uh, mm -hmm. take that money and keep the momentum and, uh, and establish more standards around it. This company is called Quintessent. They provided this, have you, uh, optical connectivity solutions focused on AI use cases. This is where this connection, it was, a, it was about connection speed, even on a chip, uh, chip level. So this is where I believe why they won because they were able to show unique technology of how they're developing they call it i believe quantum dots if i if i'm not mistaken what uses light sources for silicon photonics so we believe this is why they won this is where they allow optical dense wave you know division multiplexing i think soon connects so partners like this are, are critical for pushing the envelope. And that's why I would recognize them if I'm going to give a name, it is uh, Quintessent. Wow. You know what? I was able to draw a name out of you. And this is actually a great way to uh, wrap things up because you essentially gave us a, a tech disruptor as part of uh, a tech disruptor podcast. So thank you, George, for your thoughts, uh, sharing uh, your vision of uh, OCP and, and what's to come. Yeah, thank you very much again for having me and uh, your your interest in OCP. And if anyone uh, from this listening to this podcast, they want to go and get more detail exploring, you know, what we have done and what we are doing, they can go to our website, get the, all the Global Summit recorded innovations or anything that we introduce, and then they get the logs from our website and they can call us as well. Great. Well, thank, thanks again, George. Uh, and that's a wrap for today's episode. Uh, we have a great lineup of guests just like George in, in coming weeks. So click subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes to keep up to date with the new episodes as they come up. Thanks again and take care.